0: Your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom.
1: All right, welcome to a Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. 608 785 7914 is the talk and text line as the state of Wisconsin is in mourning today following the loss of the Milwaukee Bucks in the end of the best team with the best record in the NBA season. On the flip side, the Brewers scored 19 runs <laughs> and won 19 to nothing today. So there's that. The Brewers could have, you know, gave some of those runs to the Bucks yesterday and it would have been a different story. Uh, Kind of inevitable when your best player doesn't play, when the two-time MVP doesn't play. Brewers, 21 hits. I haven't looked at the box score. We could do that live. Brewers box score. Uh, Dan Kopenke is going to come on here in about 10 minutes. Not even 10 minutes. Less than 10 minutes. Uh, Dan Kopenke obviously running, maybe not obviously, but he's running for the state Senate seat that was left by our friend Jennifer Schilling. And it's up for grabs between him and Brad Paff. We'll see uh, how that goes. Uh, kind of interesting, kind of diving into whether or not a Dan Kopenke versus Jennifer Schilling battle would have been more or less competitive than Dan Kopenke versus Brad Paff. And... Kind of seems like it would be Dan Kapanke's going to be in a tougher matchup with Brad Paff than Jennifer Schilling. Uh, yeah, just looking at the uh, the Brewers' box score here, the, the the Tigers' starter gave up seven earned in three innings. <laughs> so that's the end of it. Uh, Braun hit a home run. Jericho hit two home runs. Taylor hit a home run. Nottingham hit a home run. No home run by Yelich. Come on, Yelich. Yelich, one out of five. So, nice job, Yelich. His, his batting average is up to 213, speaking of former MVPs. Uh, if you haven't seen the the story on wisdomnews.com with the lacrosse, what is he, a pastor? <laughs> I didn't want to hit on it yesterday because I just, I didn't, I watched the video for a little bit but didn't really break it down, but... It is a weird story <laughs> it is a 10 minute video by father James Altman and he's the pastor at St. James the less Catholic church on the North side. And if you, you know, I, I put some quotes out in the story so you don't have to, I often just don't want to listen or watch videos. I don't like watching TV news. I just don't, I've, I just want to read this stuff. And sometimes you don't get it in context that way if you just read the quotes. But um, he's just rattling off stuff in this ten-minute video, and it's cut up. Somebody, somebody with some video savvy, cut it up nicely. Put it to uh, to Beethoven. I think like the the Symphony Number no. Seven. I just I uh, I matched up the sound to get that uh, with an app. Ludwig van Beethoven Symphony Number no. Seven so yeah and it's, it's it's a little weird and it's I don't know if I'd want to I don't know if I'd want to go to this guy's church if he's going to talk talk like this in the catechism basic foundation of salvation without which there is no and forgiveness maybe it's, and maybe it's Beethoven in the background that makes this dark and souls weird save us. in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen
0: but our family, we're going to have something right from the very beginning of the Baltimore Catechism, our basic and serve God. Now, it's human nature that we will not willingly serve a God whom we do not love, and we will not love a God.
1: But anyway, so uh, I've got some clips cut out. We can kind of get into that in a little bit. But what I'm going to do now is I'm going to make Brad do the news a little early so I can get Dan Kapenky in here, and, and we can talk about... Running for Senate and what Dan's going to bring to the state of Wisconsin uh, versus what Brad Paff might bring. So we'll be back after this. I was it. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. If you want to text in, and maybe I'll read it. It's hard to read talk and interview, but we'll see. Dan Koppenke is on with me. He's running for the state Senate here in the Lacrosse area. Iowa is, for, is it the thirty second district, Dan? That is correct. Hey, I got it right. <laughs> it's not my district, so I don't know off the top of my head right away. Sometimes I mess it up. But uh, what's funny, Dan, is I, I emailed you this early this morning, and I also emailed uh, Father James Altman y- early, uh, late yesterday. And I was like, Dan, I want to have you on, but if this priest gets back to me and he wants to come on, I might have to bump you because of this <laughs> crazy video that that's kind of been going around. It's been out for. Uh, about a week, but it is a little bit odd, a strange video to see from from somebody that that you know runs is is a head of a church.
0: Yeah, it is. It's um, kind of surprising, um, but he's standing up for what he believes. I guess um, he's uh, on the north side, right?
1: Yeah, at the uh, now I forget the St. James the Less, something like that Correct. church. Yep. Um, and and yeah, if you want to get get attention, I don't know if it's attention I would want as a as a pastor, but but whatever. Um, and not not something I wanted to get into, but I thought it would be funny. Like uh, Dan, we're gonna boot you for this for this priest that's getting uh, whose video has gone viral. Um, well, I would
0: I would have wanted to listen to that interview myself, so I would have been happily bumped, and then
1: maybe tomorrow. Yeah, and then it would be way more interesting to, s- to listen to to than some politician that's gonna you know spit out the same thing that every politician says, right? Right on. Yeah. Every time, Rick. Every time. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so you, obviously you're running against Brad Path. Do you do you feel like this is going to be a tougher battle than if Jennifer Schilling wouldn't have sit, stepped down and you would have to go against her again?
0: Well, that's a great question, Rick, and I've, I've thought about it a lot myself, and uh, it's a different type of uh, campaign with Brad versus Jennifer. You know, Jennifer had a stronghold here in lacrosse, and... Uh, uh, was well known in this area and had a loyal following. And you get outside a little bit, and uh, even though it was her district, I think she spent more of her time here and had a bigger uh, following here. So, that those dynamics have maybe changed just a little bit with Brad. Brad, uh, you know, has uh, been involved with uh, uh, agriculture and was born and raised in northern uh across County here towards Mindoro. So, it's just seems the dynamics a little bit. Um, I still work uh, very hard, uh, whether it's uh, Brad or or Jennifer. So that in that respect, it's the same thing, same different. We're out here every day, pounding and uh, trying to see as many people as we can.
1: Yeah, the the idea of going against uh, Brad, who's got a, you both have history in farming. So then you 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 got to kind of obviously you could tell your 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 experience there and, and how you can relate to farmers. But Brad could do that too. So you got to find a new angle.
0: Yeah, really. Well, you know, my experience has been in the private sector, um, basically working with farmers in, uh, uh, as a district sales manager for two seed companies. Whereas his has been in the public sector, which is different, you know, in many respects. Um, but but still, you know, it's the same same industry. So yeah, you're right there. We'll find a different angle, but. Again, that's that's one of the things. I'm a business person. I employ people um, in the private sector, and and Brad's been you know in the public sector again, which is not bad, but it's different.
1: Yeah, and when when Brad was going against Jane Swigum for the Democratic nomination, Jane after she lost, she posted on Facebook, "Hey, Brad, uh, it's great that you know you're campaigning a lot to help farmers, and I think you're doing the same thing, Dan." Uh, but not everybody's a farmer, so you you obviously you you you've got to look out. There's a lot more people that aren't farmers than are farmers, and um, you know, a, a lot of people working you know for ten bucks an hour at at you know like you said in the private sector, you know, working in retail and stuff like that. So how do you how do you relate to those people?
0: Well, that's a great point. Well, actually, I employ some of those people every year. You know, we have over a hundred people that are employed with the with the baseball team um, each and every summer and so i deal with people like that and it, it's it's pretty awesome to employ people and uh in many respects uh teach them how to work because there's a lot of them are 15 or 16 years old 17 first job which is a great responsibility that my wife and i share and and uh, the team at the loggers and that's that's really uh uh again it's a it's a great responsibility that we have and we we really enjoy that so that's one thing I, I can relate to those people because I employ them and I talk to them every day that, you know, we have uh, the baseball season. So that's, that's part of it. Um, and i am you know, being out here every day, I'm, I'm talking to all kinds of people and we're talking about all kinds of subjects. So, um, that's, you know, that's part of campaigning and that's part of when I get there, hopefully, um, you know, it's service to the same people
1: that I've talked to and campaigned with. You were a state Senator, uh, you know, in the past, uh, how long were you a state Senator in Wisconsin?
0: Uh, about a little over six years, six and a half years,
1: something like that. And and looking at that time in in the Senate, and then looking at what the you know, if you want to just call it the government in Wisconsin is doing now, are you jaw dropped a little bit about how divided it is and how much the perception is that not a whole lot's getting done?
0: Yeah, I, I get that. I do, and um, yeah, you know, I've I've heard that out here. Um, you know, Republicans, Democrats, if if we could just get something done for the good of the people. And that's really the goal, should be the goal of every politician, every elected official, that we're not in this thing for the party. We're not in it for ourselves. We're in it to see if we can make, um, you know, living in this uh, district, in this state, um, a little bit better by what we do in Madison.
1: There was a special session not too long ago. It didn't seem all that controversial. It was about policing bills. It wasn't even about defunding the police per se. But it was just some some policing bills like getting rid of chokeholds and stuff like that. Um, And you saw the Republicans that control the legislature, they gaveled in, they gaveled out 30 seconds. It seemed like kind of a waste of time. Um, You know, they're going to point to Governor Evers and say we shouldn't have had a special session. Governor Evers is going to say, well, you could have at least debated, you know. But what were your thoughts there as that whole thing went down? This is the second time this has happened now.
0: Yeah, and I know that uh, the Speaker has set up a task force, and uh, he named another co-chair today or yesterday, and I think that's a great thing. That's a great way to proceed. Um, actually, today, Rick, um, uh, myself and Derek Van Orden running for Congress and Kevin Hoyer running for the 94th and uh, Jerome Gunnison running for the 95th, we had a, a law enforcement roundtable with law enforcement officials from around the area, from Prairie Sheen to Viroqua, La uh sparta and um it was it was a great hour and a half hour and 45 minutes talking about issues that uh these people are facing today's climate with um you know all the riots and and everything else going on and it was really productive and uh we mostly listened and asked questions and asked how we could help so it's very good so that's what we're doing um to to uh look into this situation and and try and help a uh, local place because as i said at that round people i mean we're fortunate here it seems like we have great law enforcement officials who have their hearts in the right spot who want to do the right thing and uh, we haven't had some of the issues that we've seen in you know in some of the other uh, cities around this country
1: yeah and when Thanks. you talked to those when you had that panel did you did you bring up the nine uh, pieces of legislation that that were proposed and what they thought of those things because we didn't even we don't even debate these in the legislature could you, could we not just I you know maybe I don't know how government works but couldn't we we gavel into the session and you know Republicans want to say no these are things we don't want to do and Democrats could give the reasons why these are things that we think are going to be helpful but but that didn't that didn't happen at all but what do what would did, did you talk to police about that at all
0: yeah we did and, and what you just mentioned seems reasonable and and I will say that in many of those um uh, nine points that you brought up um or mentioned um a lot of those they've already been through, they have that in place. Uh, if you talk to, uh, you probably talked to Chief uh, Cougar in here. I heard him on Wisdom. Maybe it was you or maybe it was uh, in the morning, but talking about a lot of the stuff that they already have in place and they're fine tuning it each and every day. And they talked about the, you know, all the schooling that they, in uh, training that they are, you know, it's continuous for all of these people and all of their officers and, and people in their force. And so it was a lot of positive and, uh, you know, they, they want help from. Um, you know, as far as budget wise, there's some things that they need when, when, uh, they were talking about some mandates coming down. They were talking about, well, we need, uh, cameras, but it's 85, 90,000. And, you know, budgets are going to be tight and that sort of thing. So they just, uh, they just want help. And, and one of the things that, that all of us took out of that, uh, roundtable was, you know, the community, they are looking for community support. They really need it out here, uh, in this area and in this climate. So, you know it was it was pretty positive but there's a lot to do
1: yeah I feel like even another I don't even I don't think this was on the table but like uh you know maybe Wisconsin as a as a government that you guys could pass something that would be uh sweeping across all police stations every police station every every officer gets a body cam like something like that seems so mm-hmm. simple obviously there's not there's money to be to, to to go into that but that seems like uh something that the state could do to help every police police uh station
0: I, I I exactly. And they talked about some grants, you know that they have to, you know, fight for, but the resources are, you know, very very short so they don't have people that can they can devote to writing grants and you know and, and all that, but that's available. Some of that stuff is available, but they don't have time because their departments are, you know, maybe short-handed and they got plenty to do without doing that kind of stuff. But that's a great point and that's something that we can look at getting to Madison. Um that was one of the things that we took out of that roundtable is that if, in fact, that we become elected officials, what we can do and what we can take to Madison and say this is what these departments were talking about what they need and how we can you know, get that momentum going to, to help these people out here with the body cams or whatever the case might be.
1: We're speaking with uh, state Senate candidate Dan Kapanke. He's running in the 32nd District as a Republican. Uh, running again, uh, Dan. I want to bring up gerrymandering. It's a, I, I, I talk about it maybe once a month, and the idea that the legislative lines are are essentially. I always bring it up like this, and maybe you're a sports guys. If the if the Patriots won the Super Bowl, and you know they're not the Tom Brady Patriots anymore, but if the Patriots won the Super Bowl, the 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 way we draw legislative lines would be like the Patriots get to pick their schedule for the next season. They get to pick who they want to play and who everyone else gets to play. And obviously they're gonna pick it in their favor. Um, so the way we do legislative districts is, is kind of the same way. If Republicans have a majority, they get to they get to draw these lines. And the way it was done in the past, uh, you could point the Democrats way in the past or you could point to Republicans the last time it was done, you know, a secret room, uh, non-disclosure agreements. Uh, Governor Evers has pr- proposed, you know, this uh, this uh, a, a, a people's what does he call it? The people's map commission, where we're we're nonpartisan drawing the maps. What do you think of that?
0: Yeah, you know, well, first off, I don't know. I've always said, I mean, give, show me somebody who's nonpartisan. Uh, you know, I think that's that's very difficult to find people like that. But what I have said about this, and and I'm going to agree with you to a certain extent if you look at some of the districts. Let's. Let's um, you know if the Democrats right now are the minority and and they're complaining about these districts and and some of them you know they have some merit some of their complaints with no question so I ask them I challenge them bring forth the maps that they would draw because uh, again like um, the thirty second we're what fifty fifty almost we're always close races here right mm-hmm. what are you gonna, what are you going to do with the thirty second um, what are you going to do above Highway Eight in Wisconsin, where it's it's pretty, you know, pretty right wing? What are you going to do in Madison, where it's pretty left, or Milwaukee, it's pretty left? So how are you going to how are you going to divide these districts up to make them different and maybe more fair? I, I'm, I'm, you know, I challenge them to bring forward. i I have a very open mind on this. I really do because I want the best for the people in the state. And if, if we can come forward with some maps that make more sense, I'm all in. I don't care who brings them forward. I don't care who it is if it makes sense for the people.
1: Yeah, it, it seems like that we can't even we can't even de- debate you know policing bills or you know a couple of months ago and back in November gun legislation we're, we're fighting about everything, the idea of, of drawing yeah. maps and, and coming together. but it's so it's so easy to go, look, you didn't even let Democrats in on the process last time. Uh, that that seems like an easy thing. If you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna go forward with a nonpartisan commission. I mean, I I think you could just point to Iowa and go, let's do what Iowa's doing. It. We don't look at Iowa and go, this is a big de- Democratic, you know, leaning state. Obviously, so uh, you know, whatever Iowa's doing, can we do that?
0: You know, again, I I'm for anything that makes sense, Rick. I really am. I I don't I don't care. It's got to be got to be good for the people not good for the politicians okay that's that's the way i look at it and if you look at like the third congressional district what they did with that the last time they drew the lines, i mean it's i mean they made it very safe for ron kind is what they did well and the, it look and, and take a look at it it's gerrymandering all over the place
1: yeah dan so, i call i call ron kind's district the bicep because it goes up and grabs all the uw schools it grabs uw eau claire <laughs> we've got uw lacrosse here it goes down. I think it grabs Platteville, I think it goes down and grabs Platteville, and then it biceps right. over and grabs UW Stevens Point for some reason in a right. in what looks like a bicep. So I'm just like, if you yep. if people and people uh, you know complain about Ron kine has been in here, what is it like twenty some years? And and it's like, well, yeah, look at the maps, man. They're they're grabbing all the UW schools.
0: Exactly. Exactly right. That's that's the way that's the way they did it, and I agree with that. And so I don't. I don't know if Ron Kind's ever complained about the the way the district has been drawn up because it, it made him safer. And right. so, again, I I I totally agree that we should have the the best, fairest uh, districting we can possibly come up with. And I'm open to what whatever that might be.
1: So so when you when you hear Evers propose this, the People's Maps Commission. I mean, you you talk about not being able to find nonpartisan people, but you know, like we could look at Iowa and and see that they're, they're, it works somehow. It's somehow they're doing it.
0: I, I, you know, just, you know, what I, what I, just again, the challenge for them is, for me, is just draw them up. Let's, let's get some maps drawn up and let's start the process. Uh, Instead of complaining about how, you know, how how it looks today, let's, let's start the process.
1: Right. Uh, We're speaking with Dan Kopenki. He's running for state senate in the 32nd district. Uh, He's a Republican going against Brad Path. Dan, uh, you're not going against Jennifer Schilling. We mentioned her just a little bit. Jennifer, she, she kind of abandoned her post. Maybe she saw that you were running and she wasn't going to beat you this time, and so she was out of here. Or maybe, maybe we we talk about this and so we joke about this a little bit. But she's a lobbyist for Dairyland Power now. Um, she was she was someone that signed, uh, you know, was was involved in the government in allowing Dairyland Power to to build a seven hundred million dollar natural gas plant up north here, and and then she leaves to go work for them. So it seems kind of like I, I don't know. It seems kind of fishy. If you want to go fishy or just you know not 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 on the straight and narrow to to have you know people in government working working like that and then leaving and going to work for a company that that is, is there something as a senator you would do to prevent that from happening?
0: Well, that's that's very interesting. You know, um, when she initially retired or said she was not going to run again, it was to be home with her kids, right? Yeah. That's what she said, and I took her for her word. You know, I it you know, that's what she was well, wanting Dan, to do. Dan, now, maybe a... this job came after she said that. I don't know. I don't know the timing there, but, um, yeah, you, you, you want politicians to be, uh, certainly on the up and up all the time. Um, you no, know, you know, gray area. It just, it just doesn't come across real well, but I, you know, when she retired, I wished her the best. And when she got this new job at Derlin, I congratulated her. And I even saw her the other day when vice president Pence was in town. So, um, you know
2: I CBS News there's Brief. something
0: certainly to look into and I think there are some rules and laws on the books that that could be that would prevent
1: that from happening yeah. All right and uh, Dan, just last thing uh, you know maybe maybe social media is a little bit different nowadays and, and you could say it's more divisive but uh, you've got a I think it's either Dan Kopenke for Senate or I think that's your your Facebook page. And I follow that uh, on your Facebook page. It's always about uh, where you're at. You're at this bar. You're at this uh, these people's houses. You're knocking on doors, um, but you're never wearing a mask. And and I wonder, do you support the the that Evers mask mandate and the idea of masks?
0: Well, here's here's the thing on that. Um, when I'm out now, um, I'm I'm outside, and when I do doors, I I knock on a door without a mask, and then I step back. You know, the six feet. And I'm outside, uh, so the mandate is not for outside. And then I talk to people, and some people are very comfortable without masks, and um, most of them have been. There's only been one uh, that's really yelled at me for not having a mask on, and I didn't even come in contact with that person. He yelled from across the street, which, you know, okay, that's that's fine. Yeah, that's... And I, I respect people that want to wear the masks, um, if, if that's what they want to uh, do, even outside, which I don't. But, um I think you know. Again, it's it's a it's a choice people make, and some people really believe in it, and some people don't. I think it's appropriate, and I carry one all the time. Uh, it's appropriate to use a mask and wear a mask. Um, you know, well, it depends on where you are, but there's there's times when you, I have to wear one, and I do. I don't have any problem with it.
1: Yeah, and I I wasn't trying to say that you were you were running into people's houses without masks on, but no. But- but uh, obviously, you you talk to these people, and if they're okay with you coming in, I mean, I I do that too. I had the cable guy come in, and and I was like, yeah, you don't, I don't, I'm not going to stand next to you. so You don't need a mask; it's fine. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, it was just I, just the idea of the mask mandate. You know, as as Governor Evers has proposed this, uh, like, do you support that in general?
0: Not really. I you know I think it's a choice that people should make. Um, you know, I think there's uh, people that probably feel they need to wear a mask because they have some complicating. Medical issues and and the mask is needed, and some people uh, don't. So when you get to this whole COVID thing, um, I like to talk about the number of people that have died and uh, the, the low number, and that's a good thing that we've only had two across county, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a great thing out of I don't know what do we have one hundred eighteen thousand people in La Crosse County, and we've had two deaths um, that have been attributed to COVID, and we've had uh, you know about one percent of us have have contracted the the virus and we've had two deaths and i don't know how many are in the hospital now but Fif- maybe one or two 57 so that's the good thing about it and that's what we should, i think we should talk about that uh, as much as we talk about the 14 cases that they found yesterday or so on
1: yeah 57 have ever been hospitalized that's up from up five from last week so five more okay. people over the last week have been hospitalized
0: okay all right so five last week so 57 total is that what you're saying yeah right?
1: yeah not a lot okay. i mean i feel like maybe no. we're just a healthy county
0: yeah, where well, it could be. I mean, we got
1: clean air, we got good water and,
0: and uh we we live pretty healthy lives here. So, that 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 could be. But if you go back to the beginning of this covid thing and there was so many unknowns and uh shutting down the economy seemed like maybe the right thing to do at that time. Um but they did it, if you recall. They did it because they didn't want to overrun the the medical institutions that we have here. They they didn't want the beds all taken up with uh you know, maybe knees and yeah, and ankles and all that stuff. So then they they didn't you know they didn't see uh, those kind of patients, uh, patients that maybe needed medical care, but they kept it open for COVID, and, and it never really materialized here or any place else in the country. Even New York City, as you know, they had they had a hospital that the uh, uh, people they they constructed, and then they had a boat, and they never really used either one of them. So um, I understand early i did understand that we needed to do something but um you know as we go on here we have to we have to get this economy rolling again we have to get people back to work and if we if a mask helps where we're safer then that's what we should do but i really think it's uh, the fear factor has to subside a little bit and i think the narrative should change to talking about one or two deaths talking about only five people in the hospital talking about people that got sick, uh, what are their symptoms? Uh, we've never really heard that from the county health department. And two of my granddaughters came down with it, but they just lost their sense of smell for, I think it was only a few days. And that was it. They felt like, you know, um, 100 bucks other than that. So I think, you know, again, I think we could change the narrative a little bit. Put the fear factor down a little bit, and our economy would pick up a little bit more. That's what—that's how I feel. All
1: right, Dan Kopenki, thanks so much for for joining me. I got a I got a break. We're running a little late, so I got a break for news. But thanks a lot for coming on.
0: Thank you, Rick.
1: All right, that's Dan Kopenki. He's running for the 32nd district state senate seat. He's running against Brad Pfaff. All right, Scott's comment, and then a different Brad, Brad Williams, doing the news. We'll be back after this. I was a. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If you want to get in here, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I'm having, com- having multiple conversations uh, with with multiple people. I guess multiple conversations would entail multiple people. Uh, on the text line right now, Libertarian guy, Gary, Phil, Hadrick. Uh, and I'll get to those. Uh, Phil just texted me. I haven't seen what he texted yet. But uh, just had Dan Kapenki on, He's running for state senate, 32nd district. Uh, started off talking uh, at some point there towards the beginning of the interview, talked about the the idea of ga- Republicans that control the legislature and Dan's running as a Republican, gaveling in and gaveling out of session. And this is something uh, Steve Doyle talked about it after that that had done, had happened. Steve Doyle in the assembly, you know, he drove to Madison for all thirty seconds of that, and, and then drove home. Uh, you know, got up early to feed his what, what did he say his llamas and goats and whatnot and and then drove to Madison, but, but uh, Gary, Gary's calling in here, and he wanted to talk about that a little bit. Gary, go ahead. Hey,
2: Rick. I, I was just, um, it, it, you know, the, the thing is, it bothered me that Dan would not answer the question. You asked him about how he felt about that, You know, basically you were saying do you agree with what happened, and he sidestepped it. And he talked about politicians, you know, having to talk about things. That's one thing. People can say whatever they want about me. I don't sidestep crap. And he sidestepped it big time. He did not answer if he thought it was right to gavel in and gavel out. And to me, conversation is a good thing. I don't care if if it's Democrats or Republicans, whether you agree with something or not. If you call a special special session, you show respect to the governor, whether it be former governor Walker or our governor now Evers, and you and you go to that session and you have a discussion. Yeah, the, the... and then when you ask him about the guns walking in and out, he didn't even touch that, and he sidestepped the one this last one uh, of, of that was called by saying, "Well, that well, they met today," and he he brought up the other people in his party running for office, and he said. You know, then we had that discussion with law enforcement. Well, that's great that they had that discussion. I back law enforcement also. I'm glad that they took the time to do that. But I don't care if you're a Democrat, if it was Path or Kapankin. If it was Path, I'd call him out too. That you answer the questions. When people ask the question, don't sidestep but answer that dire question
1: yeah and it's probably a bad job by me but but not asking him again because it was a pretty easy question hey do you agree and I, th- I feel like I, I have a terrible memory but I feel in in terms of having to remember something 15 minutes ago but I feel like I kind of circled back to a little a little bit but he he, he did he he said uh, he, you know we, we had a law enforcement panel and we talked about all the good things and then I was like well did you talk about the nine pieces of legislation? that Governor Evers had proposed, and he was like, yeah, we talked about those, and then we got in a body cam. So, um, yeah, a little bit. It just—it seems like the easiest thing to have a conversation about that, first off, and then also in the state government, you could also have a conversation about it instead of gaveling out a session after 30 seconds.
2: Well, we're never going to get anything done on a a city, county, state, or national level if both sides do not learn to, to talk. You have to have a discussion, and then maybe somewhere in that, along the line of that discussion, somebody may agree and then change their mind, or they may or they just realize that this, this fighting just cannot continue. Because right now, you know, it, it's, it's, it's who's ever in power, then they think, okay, we have to hold on to that. But what goes around comes around, and then it would be the same thing. If it's 10 years from now and if the Democrats have control and they don't want to uh, discuss things, I would be just as frustrated and mad because you have to sit and discuss things. Otherwise, nothing's going to get done. It hurts everybody. It hurts the economy. It's
1: just not good for anybody. Gary, how would it look on like the city council if uh, you guys, I don't know, I don't think you're gaveling into anything, but like, you just, no, nope, we're not going to talk about it. We're out of here. See ya. I mean, like, it, it can happen, right?
2: Well, no, no, not the way, not the way ours is set up. You know, it can't happen that way. I mean, there are things. You know, there, there, there is a way on the city council where you can abruptly end a discussion if you have something table that people agree, and you vote on it, and then that would end discussion on it. Um, do I necessarily like that? Not the best, uh, but it is what it is. But it's still you're still there then for the rest of the you know stuff you're voting on and stuff. I just always said, Rick, and I've said that from day one, I I believe that discussion is a good thing, conversation, and and the the best way to get stuff done. And maybe, and I've changed my mind on votes through discussion, uh, which maybe made some people mad and some people happy, but I'm not too proud not to change my mind on a vote, and I'm not too proud not to sit there and, and listen to people. I mean, do you have to agree with them? No. Does it sometimes get heated and frustrating? Very much. Very much. But to not even be willing to listen to people is just wrong.
1: Yeah, you listen and you eye roll while they're talking, that's all.
2: <laughs> well, if you wanna do that, that's fine. I don't care.
1: I wouldn't but at recommend. Least you're
2: gonna sit in there like a man or a woman and you're gonna, you know, listen. And yeah. and it it's it's uh it's just something, you know, that, you, that we should do. And, yeah. and, and, there, and I tell you, but both, both parties, though, Rick, I, I've seen some examples on both sides where they just don't want to discuss it. You know, it's got to be their way or the highway. Well, the, and that's, the argument
1: wrong. The argument against the Democrats, and this, this is before I even paid attention, but around Act 10, somebody said that the Democrats fled the state, so to speak, uh, instead of voting on Act 10 legislation.
2: Well, yeah, they did flee the state, but that was their only way of stopping it. At the time, you know, being uh, being somebody who was a government employee at the time, yeah, you know, I said, yeah, way to go, go go, good for them, but the, the thing is, you know, they felt they did what they had to do, but that was a vote that was going to take place they knew they were going to lose. Whether or not it was wrong, you know, I can debate that, I guess, and talk about it, but when, uh, the, if they knew there really wasn't going to be any discussion, I, I went down to Madison and, and there was, you know, a couple of times and walked around outside. They really, I mean, there wasn't going to be any really discussion anyway. They had already made up their mind they were going to vote on it, they were going to prove it, and they can talk about discussion. But if you're going to have discussion, it it has to be meaningful discussion. Yeah. All right. And there wasn't going to be any meaningful discussion on Act 10. That was, I mean, that was proven by when Walker thought he was talking to the, the, one, the one brother, when that reporter fooled him. I mean, they were joking about it before they even went into legislation, how they were going to drop the bomb. You sure. know, to them it was a big joke. But what they didn't realize at the time, a lot of the union workers in the city of La Crosse were conservative people. And they really were. And I know people right now are rolling their eyes and laughing, but I don't care. That was the truth. We actually, the one campaign, it was McCain and uh, the the guy married to the ketchup, I forget her name. But we actually, when the international wanted an extra $20 out of each member to go to the presidential race, we paid good money to our attorney at the time, Birnbaum, and he wrote a letter to the International, and it was stopped. And there was out of 120 some members at the time, 114 voted. They didn't want to give the extra 20 because most of that 120 wanted to vote for
1: McCain. Okay, Gary, you're t- yeah. you're telling me about a movie I haven't seen. So, <laughs> like I can- right. but uh, thanks a lot for the- for the call. Yep. Take care. All right. Can't say I'm an expert in uh, in Act 10. Uh, caller, who's this?
0: Hey, uh, Dan. Hey, back. Dan, what that's did? what I thought.
1: Hey, Dan, did you want to get – I imagine you're listening. Did you want to get in here?
0: Well, listen, I, yeah, just for a second. I don't want to take a lot of your time because I already have, and I appreciate that. But um, I would agree with a caller that I could have expounded on that a little bit more, but if you go back to the tape, I you said it seems like we should get together and talk about these things, and I said it sounds reasonable to be. Yeah. I said that. Okay. I said it's reasonable, and I could have talked more about that, but anybody that knows me, Rick, knows that i'm a guy that will talk to anybody i will go to a house that has a biden and Paps sign on there in their yard and i will talk to them because that's what i do so i don't shy away from anybody or any conversation that is pertinent to any issue so that's that's really who i am and i agree with the caller that i could have spent a little bit more time talking about that and i didn't so yeah and, right it, about that.
1: And, and it could be my fault i might not have uh i might not have like brought it up again and uh, but that, but, but the whole idea of gaveling in and out of session in thirty seconds, when, when I mean, and, and Republicans control the legislature, so I, I'd imagine. But it seems to me like we don't want to vote on these things because then we're on the record one way or the other. But I could have that wrong.
0: Well, that's that's possible. But the least we could do is have a discussion on it, as you suggested. I totally agree with that.
1: All right. Well, thanks, thanks, Dan, for calling back. You bet. You bet. <laughs> All right. Bye. bye. Everyone be careful. Dan's listening. (laughs) No, I kind of knew, I kind of figured he was listening, and then when me and Gary were talking, uh, Dan had called the hotline, so I know that, I knew that was Dan. Uh, Eric from Sparta's calling in. Eric, uh, go ahead, Eric, you're on. Yeah, first of all, uh, Governor
0: Evers, the first thing that they, Walked out on it was a gun legislation, and the guy wants to ban guns from everybody. Evers is okay. a hard left liberal. He okay. doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay, he's that, just a loony him from, edu- from a teacher to a. That's uh, not uh, Eric. That's uh, not right uh, at all,
1: uh, Eric. You're not. You're not support the Madison. Whew, okay, it's hard to talk to Eric. Um, all right, I got to take a break anyway. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. Just a couple minutes left. Uh, Eric from Sparta is back. We'll see. Eric, go ahead.
0: Yeah, sir. Little ditty for you here. Listen. Uh- oh, this. is
1: Eric from Sparta playing the background music here as we wrap up the show. Uh, thanks a lot to Dan Kapanke for coming on. Mayor Tim Cabot is going to be on here tomorrow. Thanks a lot for that, Eric. Eric breaking out the guitar. He warned he me before the show he was going to do that. I thought he was going to do that earlier. But um there you go, Sam. Eric playing guitar. How, how was that? Was that a little was that a little better than uh, the conversation we just had? Uh yeah, thanks everyone for listening. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Boo, Sam Texan. Uh, we'll be back. Mayor Tim Cabot, again, like I said, uh, thanks a lot for listening.